say. It just seemed like they just had the right, and you think later, I wish I'd have said that. I wish I'd have thought that. Anybody ever been around someone like that? We have a friend. He's in heaven now. His name was Matt Willits, and Matt Willits was probably one of the sharpest minds uh, that I've ever met, but he just he was just an original, and, uh, he, and uh, he would say the funniest things, and he would say them, and later I would think, I wish I'd have said that. I wish I'd have thought. I wish I'd have, I wish I would have thought that. But you notice that God always has the right thing to say. He always comes to where we are and meets us where we are in the, in the environment that we're in, and he's with us. He said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. How powerful that is. This morning, for just a few minutes, uh, I would like to look at storms, and uh, I want to talk a few minutes this morning about storms, and I want to go to uh, a storm from hell uh, in Acts 27. Uh, it's a powerful, powerful story. I, there are so many truths in this particular chapter, but I'm just going to focus on three of the truths found in this chapter. And we know that uh, the Apostle Paul is a prisoner, and he's being held captive, and he's been taken to Caesar. He's going to go to Rome. It is prophesied that he would go to Rome. And I'm here to tell you this morning, if things have been prophesied over you, you're not going to die. You're not going to go before your time. Those things are going to come to pass. There was a season in my life, that season, Chris, is probably over, but there was a season in my life where so many things were prophesied over me that, Misha, I had to live to be 80 just to fulfill the... I said, my Lord, this list just keeps getting longer and longer and longer. I said, I'm going to have to live to be 80 just to fulfill the prophetic words that are spoken over me. But uh, what God has spoken is going to come to pass. We have that hope. We have that promise. Uh, The Apostle Paul, before the journey began, tried to encourage the captain of the ship not to go on the journey. He was warned of God that it was going to be a uh, very expensive journey and that, he, that there was going to be some, some, some fear and some things happened to the crew and happened to the uh, over 200 prisoners are on this ship. It's a, it's a prison boat headed to Rome. And uh, Paul went to the centurion and said, hey, he said, uh, this is not a good idea. I don't think that we should go. Uh, but the Bible says where they were, the sailors didn't want to stay there and as you research this port that they were going to, this port had wine, women, and song. And so the sailors didn't want to stay in the port that they were at because there was no wine, women, or song. So they wanted to go to this next port, and they wanted to spend the winter there. It's interesting sometimes what, what motivates us and what pushes us. And I reminded of that song, we had joy, we had fun, we had seasons in the sun, but the wine and the song, like the seasons, have all gone. And the sailors didn't want to hang out in a place that was boring, so they risked their life, set sail, and as they set sail and began to travel, begin to sail, there was literally a storm from hell. Uh, the Bible says the storm was so bad that they threw out all of the product that was on the ship, all of the crates, all the boxes. They threw out all the tack, all the sail, everything having to do with the ship, and the ship was tossed. It had no direction. It was just being tossed by the wind and tossed by the storm. I would like to bring attention to verse 20. And when neither sun nor moon nor stars 
in many days appeared, and no small tempest lay on us. All hope that we should be saved was then taken away. You ever felt like that? You ever felt like you're going through something that there's, there's no redemption, there's, there's no hope, there's no cure, there's no answers, I'm in this storm and I'm stuck? Anybody ever felt stuck in a storm uh, coming back from uh, uh, Florida, not this trip, but the last trip, going through Atlanta, I was in probably of the top three storms I've ever been in. Uh, I was in the, the top third storm that I've ever encountered, the rain, the wind. Uh, it, was, it was so bad that most of the cars were running about 15, 20 miles an hour. Many were pulled over on the side of the road. But what was so crazy, the 18-wheelers were blowing at 55, 60 miles an hour. And I got to thinking, how, how, can, they, how can they go through this storm? I can't hardly even see. But then I got to thinking, well, they're up a little higher, and maybe they can see the road a little better. And I'll tell you what, in the storm that you're in, God has the ability to lift you up to where he, he's at so you can see the storm's going to pass. Everything is going to be okay. Verse 21. But after long abstinence, Paul stood forth in the midst of them and said, Sirs, you should have hearkened unto me. You ever have anybody in your life that said, I told you so? I told you so. If you would have listened to me, we wouldn't be here where we're at. If you had hearkened to me and not have loosed from Crete and to have gained this harm and loss. But now I exhort you to be of good cheer, for there should be no loss of any man's life among you but of the ship. The ship's going to crash and burn, but nobody's going to die. For there stood by me this night the angel of the Lord, whose I am and whom I serve, saying, Fear not, Paul, thou must be brought before Caesar, and lo, God hath given thee all that sail with thee. Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer, for I believe God that it shall be even as it was told me. Aren't you glad this morning that God has the ability to watch over your purpose, watch over your direction, and watch over your destiny? God told Paul that he had to stand before Caesar, and because of that divine plan, no natural plan could stop and hinder the, the route that Paul was on. And I'm here to tell you this morning that when destiny and purpose and promise has been spoken to your life, there's not a demon in hell. There's not a gate that can hinder, that can stop. God's will will come to pass because he spoke it, and he never lies. He never fails. He never changes. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And aren't you glad for that? When I think of some of the storms that we have encountered, I think of a storm um, when Courtney was about 12, there was a, we had a snow, and we were headed to the ranch. If you've never been to the ranch, there's this really cool hill that's real steep, and that's when we have two or three inches of snow. We'll go out there, and uh, we'll hang out, and we'll, we'll go down inner tubes, and we'll go down sleds. And uh, I was on the phone, and as I was headed out to Frontage Road, Courtney and I hit what was called black ice. It wasn't just ice. It was black ice. We never saw it. And that Volvo hit that curve, and uh, we rolled several times. It completely totaled the car. They didn't even save the radio. That's how bad the car was destroyed. And Courtney and I were uh, laying there upside down uh, in the vehicle. And Courtney looked at me and said, Dad, are we going to die? I said, no. I said, why would you say that? She said, because you're bleeding. And I had hit the handle of the Volvo right here on my head and whacked my head. 
I said, no, baby, we're not going to die. We're going to live. I said, can you get out? The window had been broken. There was a little space there where she climbed out the window. Then I climbed out the window, and uh, we were okay. We survived and uh, didn't even mess up her hair. But I got to thinking about ice, and, and, and in an ice storm, it's very easy to lose your footing. One of the fo- funny, funniest moments and it probably shouldn't be funny, but even thinking about it today, I, I laugh and think it's funny. Uh, several years ago, as we had uh, snow at the ranch, uh, we went out to plan the snow, and Perry brought Amanda uh, to plan the snow. And we had an inner tube, and we were blowing down, the, and we were having a blast. And I went up to the top of the hill, and I was standing there talking to Perry. And Perry, for some reason, completely lost his footing on the ice and fell face forward, and when I pulled him up, there was an imprint of his face there in the, in the snow, and I, when I found out he wasn't hurt, I laughed, and I laughed, and still today, I know, you know, Perry's not, uh, many people don't know, but Perry Stone can throw a football 40 yards. How many knew that, that in high school that he was quite a, anyway, uh, Perry's not really the most coordinated person that you, you want to hang out with. And I just, I just thought it was so funny that, and you know, better him than me, right? But when I think about an ice storm, I think, I, I think about the, the ability to lose your footing, the ability to lose your way, the ability to become unsettled and to become frustrated. I think about some of the ice storms that you and I have encountered where it seemed like there wasn't any solution, there wasn't any answer, and we kind of lost our way. Can anybody relate to that? slipping and sliding in the ice storm. Uh, Facebook had a several, and I, I wasn't able to get to Austin, but it had several clips of different ones falling in the ice and falling in the snow. I, how many how many seen that on Facebook? And it's, and it's so funny. You're so glad that wasn't you, but that was them that went sliding and slipping and trying to get their footing and then land right on their gluteus maximus. So uh, beware of ice storms. And I think of uh, a few months ago, we encountered... Uh, hailstorms. How many of you actually had your vehicle destroyed uh, and turned in the insurance claim for the for the hailstorm? How many can remember that? And that that little that, that little bitty hail just pounded and pounded and pounded. And it, have you ever been a storm just felt like that you were just being pounded and pounded and pounded? It seemed like everywhere you turned, it didn't matter what direction you went. It seemed like. Something was pounding away, trying to chip away your faith and trying to shut you down and trying to mess you up. And can anybody relate to that? Just being in a storm where the, the hail just kept pounding and pounding and, and you try to get away from it and you tried to be safe and it seemed to damage everything that you touched, everything that you owned and everything that you were a part of. And then I think of, I think of the winter storms that are, that are seasonal and in the wintertime the storms will come. And I know people in my life that there are different seasons in their life where they step into the gray fog of depression. I don't know why, but I've, I've, I've spent quite a bit of time in Alaska. And uh, we go in July in the summer month, and, and uh, we hang out there and do a conference there, and we fish there. And I've had several Alaskans tell me that in the winter, because the sun comes up at noon and then it's gone at 5 p.m., only shines for four or five hours of the day, that a lot of the church members get depressed. So the pastor would always have me in July because that was kind of a, a their, their spring, their spring revival, and would cheer them up because the weather was so, because the sun didn't shine, 
People got depressed and people got discouraged. And can anybody relate? I mean, yesterday was not a gloomy, cloudy day. But I told Pastor Rhonda, I'm going to put my pajamas on and I'm going to get me a Shirley Temple movie and I'm going to go to uh, Wendy's and I'm going to get some of their chili. This is just one of those eat chili, sleep in, watch Shirley Temple movies all day long. I don't, I don't, I don't know how many of you, I love Shirley Temple. I had a crush on her when I was about 10. I thought I was going to grow up and marry her, but God had Pastor Rhonda for me, so, and I trust his, but um, I, I, I just, I, it, it, it almost seems like you kind of welcome the depression. You welcome the blues. Anybody like blues music, just the, the, the old rock and roll, Leonard Skinner, ZZ Top, when they, when they really start cutting down those blues chords and, and, you, and you, get, you get blue and you kind of enjoy being blue, but after a while, blue gets old. After a while, no presence of the sun or laughter or joy, it gets old. Just feel, it kind of feels stuck in that. Anybody ever stuck in the rut of depression? Anybody, ever, can anybody relate with me this morning? Then I think of tornadoes. Uh, there is a place from Oklahoma City to Fort Smith, Arkansas, that's called Tornado Alley. And that's the place that when tornado season appears in warm weather, that's, that's an alley where the tornadoes will run from north to south. And what is so ironic, in several cities in Oklahoma were founded by Indians, uh, Wetumpka, Wewika, uh, uh, Okima, and those cities that the Indians actually started and, and grew, the tornado never hits those cities. It's like the Indians kind of know the path of the tornado. But I don't know if you've ever chased a tornado or watched a tornado, but something crazy about a tornado, you never knew which direction it was going to go in. You didn't know it was going to zig over here or zag over there. And, you know, a lot of, a lot of times in, in, in my life, I've not known whether to zig or to zag. Can anybody relate? It's like you're stuck. Anybody ever rode a bicycle or a motorcycle and got stuck in a rut? You ever been in that, that rut in between the, the asphalt and the and the sink, and you're in that rut and you can't get out? Anybody ever anybody can relate to what I'm saying? To, to get in that place where in, in, with a snowmobile, I've never been on a snowmobile, but I've watched them get in ruts and watched them get in wrecks because they couldn't get out of the rut. Sometimes I just feel like I'm stuck in a rut. I'm stuck in a rut and there's no way out. Can anybody relate? It's like the same old, same old, every single day, every single, just same things happen, the same things take place. You feel like, man, I'm never going to get a break. What's that song that says, we got to get out of this place if it's the last thing that we ever do? Anybody remember that song? He was obviously stuck in the middle with somebody and wanted to get out of the rut. And then I think of the hurricanes, the Rita's and the Katrina's and the the, the, the different hurricanes that have hit our coasts. And, you know, you watch in a hurricane, there are those that will weather the storm, they'll board up the windows, or there are those that, are, that will flee, that will leave the area. And sometimes you wonder, is this investment worth sticking out and hanging on to, or should I just give up and walk away? You ever felt like it's quitting? You ever felt like it's just, just giving up and just, and just saying, you know what, throwing your hands up. We used to laugh um, there was a season when four or five days a week, I would meet anywhere from eight to 20 people in counseling. It was like from three to four to four to five to nine to 10. And like my whole schedule was filled with counseling and they would come in and they would come out and they would come in and come out. 
and around Wednesday, sometimes Wednesday about mid-afternoon, I would go and open up the window in my office, stick my head out the window, and scream at the top of my lungs, I can't take it no more. And then when I did that, I felt a lot better, and I could get my 4 o'clock and my 5 o'clock and fit them in, and everything was okay. You ever felt like just sticking your head out the window and saying, I can't take it anymore. I'm just, I'm up to here. I don't need any more drama. I don't need any more, I don't need any more stuff going on. I am fed up. And, and the word, I think it says, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. Anybody, I preached that sermon about 30 years ago, Pastor Todd, sick and tired of being sick and tired. Do we have anybody that's sick and tired of being sick and tired in this house this morning? And then I think of the finger, the finger five, the, 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 fing, the hand of God, the, the F5 storm that's called the, the tsunami and the destruction and the devastation of a tsunami. It removes and it levels everything that it comes in contact with. And you ever felt like you've just been leveled? You ever just felt like you have been body slammed to the ground and, and you've lost everything maybe through a death or a divorce or a, or, a, or a debt, debt divorce, uh, or, or a debt, or some circumstance in your life is like you just got the wind just knocked out of you, and you, you just want to lay down somewhere and die. Or as Linda Rodset said, I want to lay my head on a railroad track. You ever felt like just going out and laying your head on a railroad track and just letting the train run you over? Anybody Anybody on the same page with Linda or she all the, out there? There's two or three who's been out there. It's just like, man, it's just like, it's just like, I give up. I give up. I can't take it anymore. So when I think about, I think about the storms that we go through, uh, yesterday God gave me four keys to address the storms. If you're taking notes, you might want to write them down. Four things that you need to do when you're going through a storm. First thing that you need to do is you need to say, you need to speak it. If God be for me, who can be against me? You may not be able to see the forest for the trees, but know that God has a panoramic view. He knows the beginning from the end, the end from the beginning. He's the author. He's the finisher. He's the alpha. He's the omega. God knows where this, this is going. God knows where your restoration is going to take place. But it's important for you to open your mouth and declare the work of the Lord and the things of God and realize that God today is for you. He's not against you. God is for you. And if God is for you, who can possibly be against you? Not situations or circumstances because he can change the situation and the circumstance with the blink of the twinkle of an eye. God can change the place you're in and put you in the place you want to be. But it has a lot to do with trust and speaking the word of God over yourself. And if you if you need to, I heard a humorous story not too long ago. I'm sure it wasn't true. But they said that old Roberts would lay hands upon himself and he would fall out the spirit. Now, I don't know if that's a true story or not. But Oral Roberts was a very powerful man. He laid hands on a lot of people, saw a lot of miracles. Sometimes you just need to lay hands on yourself and say, I can do all. I can do this. I can make this happen. I can take this. I can quote the word of God, speak the word of God. Last week we learned the Lord is our shepherd and all those attributes that come with being a sheep of his pastor. And he's our shepherd. He is in control. So the first thing you need to declare, if God be for us, who can be against us? The second thing is something you need to do. Paul said, forgetting those things which are behind 
and reaching forth into those things which are before. If you're tired of where you're at, make up your mind you're going to be somewhere else. If you're tired of what you're going through, make up your mind, this is it. This is the aukari. This is the end of the matter. I shut the door here, and I'm going to let God open a door here. I'm going to stop allowing my past. I'm going to stop allowing the things of yesterday, the mistakes of yesterday, the failures of yesterday. They're going to stop designating my today. I know I can do all things through Christ, but strengthens me. I'm going to declare, forgetting the things which are behind, God has good things. Look at someone say, good things for me. Every promise in the book is mine. Every chapter, every verse, every line. I'm living in his love divine. Every promise in the book is mine. But you can't claim the promises if you don't know what they are. That's why it's important for you to go through the word, get a highlighter and everything you think you need, underline it and say, that's mine in Jesus' name. I declare it. The third thing you need to do is to proclaim and your, pro your proclamation is, with men, this is impossible. But with God, look at somebody, but with God, all things are possible. When man has done everything he can do and he still fails and falls short, with men, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. He can move mountains. He can dry up riverbeds. He can raise the dead. He can do whatever it takes to get you to where you need to be. But you need to proclaim it with God. All things are possible. And then last, something you need to know. So there's something we say, something we do, something that we proclaim, and something that we know. And the last thing that you need to know is that God hasn't changed. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. The same God that walked you through your storms yesterday or the same God that's going to walk you through your storms tomorrow is the same God that's with you right now. He said, I will never leave you or forsake you even until the end of the world. Aren't you glad for that promise that you're not alone? I love and I grew up on the Jerry Lewis telethon. We grew up on that. We would watch it literally for hours and watch all the people that, that believed in him and the, the millions of dollars and, and eventually hundreds of millions of dollars that he raised for, was it muscular dystrophy or is, is that what it was? And, and, and he had a heart and, the, and New Year's Eve, he would go into a telethon and, and they would have special guests. And it was just a, it was just, it was a good feeling. It was, one of those, it was one of those, you see money coming in, you see people giving and people supporting, and, and you watch Jerry Lewis get overwhelmed uh, from time to time because that was his heart. That was his, that was his legacy. I'm going to find a cure for this. I'm going to raise the money to find the cure. At the end of every telethon, Jerry Lewis would try to sing a song, and he never made it through the first verse. And I apologize for getting emotional because it has a lot to do with where we're at. He was saying, when you walk through the storm, hold your head up high and don't be afraid of the dark. At the end of the road, there's a something, a golden something. And it says, you'll never walk alone. Walk on, walk on with faith in your heart and you know you'll never walk alone. I'm here to tell you this morning that you are not alone, that God is with you, and the two of you can handle this together.
When I looked at the types of storms that you and I encounter, I found, I found five. I'm sure there are more, but I thought these were the most pertinent. The past couple of days, I've just been asking different ones. What's the worst storm you ever went through? What's the, what's the greatest tragedy or what's the biggest mountain you had to climb? And as I began to ask these questions, I found my answers fell into five different categories. The first category is personal, your personal storm, the thing that you're going through. Uh, there was a questionnaire sometimes, and it says, um, what's, one, what's one word that you, that you don't like to hear you don't, or you don't use, you don't like to hear? And I wrote, actually, it was probably two words, but I wrote whatever, whatever. When you don't know what somebody's going through, don't look at them and say whatever. Don't look at them and say, you know what? You just need to get over it. When people say stuff like that to me, it makes me want to take a shovel and just whack them right over the head. Do I have any shovel whackers in the building? It's like you have no clue the weight that I'm carrying. You have no clue the burden that I'm going through. I read one of our sisters of this house, and she made it public, so I guess it's okay to make it public, but it was McKenna, was it McKenna? going through some of the things. How many saw her Facebook post this week? And it talks about, you don't know me, but this is what I have. This is what I went through. This is what, and she's been attending here quite a while, and I didn't know three of the, I didn't know three or four of the things that she's gone through. Before you judge somebody else, you probably need to realize they're probably carrying a pretty big burden, and they're trying to get through, and you can lift a hand, and you can help them get to where they need to be. The song says, walk a mile in my shoes before you criticize and accuse, walk a mile in my shoes. And when you walk a mile in someone else's shoes, you start operating compassion, and you, and you say, what can I do to take pressure off of you today? Then when I think about storms, I think about family storms. Some of us just have family issues. Some of us just have, we're just, some of us in a, in a family it's really pretty much worthless. Please don't lift your hand. This is not a good time to lift your hand up. But it seemed like there's so much drama in your family, and everyone in your family is trying to tell you what you're supposed to do and tell you where you dropped the ball and how you're just like Uncle Ed or just like Bobby Joe. I mean, you're, you're never going to succeed. You're, never gonna do, you're, you're always going to fail. You're always going to. And it seemed, like, it seemed like we wish sometimes we could just choose our family. You know what? Well, I don't want you as a family anymore. I want Pastor Todd and Missy to be my family because they believe in me. They encourage me. And that's the kind of family. Anybody feel that way? I'm telling you, go ahead and throw your family under the bus and adopt new family. You choose people that you want in your life to mentor you and encourage you and bless you. And I'm preaching good now, and it's only 10 minutes till 12. Hello. The third, the th the third storm that we can encounter is a financial storm. I read somewhere that 70% of all Americans do not have a budget. If you don't tell your money where to go, you're going to ask it where it went. If you don't take authority early in life and make a decision, you don't need to buy everything that you see at Walmart. Hello. I, I remember it's, it's been a while, but I went to Walmart to get something, something insignificant, unimportant, and uh, I got to the cashier, and I spent about $100, and I, forget to, I forgot to get the one thing that I went to get. Can anybody relate? I got out the car. I got ready to drive. I go, oh, man, the, I forgot all about that, that I wanted to go. 
And you know what? That, that's almost a spirit of recklessness. You have to find balance in money. You have to find balance in stewardship. You have, to, you have to take authority over what you have and what you don't have, and you really need to decide, do we really need this or can we live without it? How many times have you bought something, brought it home and say, what was I thinking? I don't need, and we take it back. Anybody? Where's my take her back or take it back? You know what? I don't need this puppy. I, I need the cash. I'm going to go back and get my money back. And you know what? When they hand that money back to you, even though it was yours, you spent it, you feel like this is a home run. <laughs> look, look, look how much money I saved. No, you didn't save it. That's just money you didn't spend on stupid stuff. Look at somebody and say, stop spending money on stupid stuff. Be wise in your selection. And then the fourth storm that I, I think that we encounter is physical. This morning, as Pastor Ronald started mentioning the things that God was doing, it was like, man, I need all three of those. My back's bothering me. My eyes bother me. And I forgot the third thing. I said, man, I just need a complete overhaul. I just physically, I just, you know, I, I, I feel like I'm 30 until I get ready for my feet to hit the floor. Can anybody relate? And now I don't, I don't know if it's... Uh, vertigo or what it is, but if I try to walk at night in the dark, can, you, ever, you ever notice how darkness can change everything? You, you can, you're boldly, I've walked through this church knowing there was nothing to run into, knowing the whole, knowing where the path was from that door to that door, but, it, but when I got to the dark, it was like you start taking baby steps, and then you lose your balance, and you almost follow, and you fall over here, and then some smart aleck that you didn't know had been to the church before you puts a chair right in the middle of the path, and then you crash and burn in the chair, and you're laying on the floor going, I'm all right. I'm all right. I haven't broken anything. Everything's okay. I can live another day. Can anybody relate to that? Can anybody? Uh, Pastor Ron is notorious for after I go to bed, she sets a, t- a table up in the bedroom and starts sorting out her jewelry or starts sorting out something. She's always sorting out something. But I'm, I'm in bed, and the table's not there. And then I get up to go to the bathroom, and lo and behold, crash and burn. And not once, not twice, but several times, I have woke her up. She's saying, are you okay? What are you doing? Are you okay? Oh, yeah, I'm okay, but you put the table right in the middle of the path to the back. What were you thinking? Can anybody relate? <laughs> it's like, man, I, I just need a physical. I just need to be completely overhauled and renewed. And then the last battle uh, the last storm that many of us encounter are spiritual battles. Spiritual battles, demonic strongholds, demonic. A Christian cannot be possessed, but a Christian can be oppressed. And a lot of times, the stuff we go through is demonic. I believe this was a storm to take Paul out. I believe this was a demonic. I believe this was a demonic storm. And if we go to the Greek, I can show you in the Greek the translation of this storm is demonic. And there are a lot of times that we go through stuff that we don't even realize that we're going through until we, we just take, take notice. And, and it's like, well, I'm never depressed. Why, why am I depressed? Well, I've always been encouraged. Why am I so discouraged? Man, I'm, I'm always walking in faith. And why am, I, why am I entertaining doubt? And it's like the enemy is throwing darts at you darts of confusion, darts of frustration, darts of aggravation, and the Bible says that we have a shield of faith, and that shield is supposed to, to 
deflect all those darts. And it does, but it still hits the shield. There's still pressure there. No matter how strong you are, no matter how bold you are, no matter how encouraged in the Lord, the enemy knows the one thing that can steal your joy. Can anybody relate to, to joy thieves? The one thing that can, it's like, it's like you can move a mountain, you can take on a Goliath, I mean, you can part the river, but there's that one thing the enemy knows about and you wish that he would forget because that's the one thing he always uses to try to trip you up, to try to snag you and to bring you down. Can anybody relate? And that, that's all spiritual. Those are the things that we go through spiritually because we're walking this path, the highway of holiness to where God's at, and the enemy knows that path, and he'll try to do everything he can, deter you, distract you, or put you on a dead end. Deters, distractions, and dead ends. That's the way the enemy operates, to try to rob you of your joy, rob you of your destiny, and keep you from accomplishing things in the kingdom of God. But in this storm, we find the solution to this storm. And here's what Paul said. The angel of the Lord, whose I am, who I serve, and who I believe. Three truths there. We sing that song in... in, uh, Children's Church, I'm my beloved, and he is mine. His banner over me is love. I belong to God, and God belongs to me. Say this with me, and try to say it, try to say it kind of sad, kind of say it a little depressed, a little, okay, everybody got your sad face on, you got your depressed, okay, all I have, say with me. Say it like you really mean it. All I have belongs to God. Boo hoo. Now say this. All God has belongs to me. What a trade. What a difference. What does the song say? What a difference you made in my life. You're my sun shining day and night. What a difference. When you know that if God be for you, who can be against you? When you know that I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. When you know it's, it's, it's me that God cares about. It's me that God watches over. He has a wallet. My picture's in it. And if there's a Facebook in heaven, there's a picture of me and God doing stuff. That's how much he cares about me. I belong to God. Period. And God takes care of his stuff. He doesn't leave the bike out in the weather to, 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 to rest. He, does, he doesn't foolishly labor among us, but God watches over us meticulously because he knows what we need even before we know that we need it. That's what's so cool. He'll bring things in our life and say, well, what's that for? Then you realize you're going through something. That's exactly what I needed to hear. Anybody ever left the house of God thinking, That message was just for me today. That's exactly what I needed to hear. And that's the way he moves. I belong to God. The second thing, he said, I serve God. We serve God in three areas of our our life. Our time, our talent, and our tithe. There are things that, uh, that we do that God calls us to do that we bring to his attention that God wants you to sow some time getting to know him. Every evening in the cool of the evening, God would come and walk with Adam and Eve. That was their quality time together. There are many, they make that quality time in the morning. 
Some of them will take a break at noon. Others will, will wait till evening. But it's important that every day you take a moment and just say, I want to be alone with God. That song says, there are days I'd like to be all alone with, with Christ my Lord. I can tell him all my troubles all alone. Remember that song? You need, no matter how busy you are, to do what to, to, to shut the door, lock the door, and just say, I'm going to stay here just for a minute, and I'm going to reflect on his goodness and his mercy. The fact we were yesterday talking, the fact that Keith Red is here today is a miracle. He should be dead. The accident that he was in, it should have killed him. It didn't kill him. He is alive. He's going through some physical things that God's going to help him with. But Keith is not dead. He's alive. And those are things we look back probably, if every one of us thought about it, in the past 30 days, we've been in an environment where we could have lost our life. If you spend any time on Interstate 75, every time Christine leaves the house, I said, baby, be careful. There's idiots out there. Has anybody ever encountered an idiot behind the wheel? You know, they're little scrawny uh, wimpy, but they get so powerful when they get that steering wheel and that, that road rage gets upon them and they'll run you off the road. Or I know I'm talking to somebody in the house today. And no matter how saved we are, we want to shake that one finger at them and let them know exactly how we feel. Can anybody relate? And if, and if we wanted to, we'd like to pull them over and just tell them what we thought. We just want, you ever, ever just want to put, pull somebody out by the hair of their head and shake their head and say, where did you learn how to drive? Disney World? Hello. <laughs> oh, I know that nobody experiences road rage or anything like that. But sometimes, but sometimes it, just, it just happens. So God wants our time. He wants our talent, abilities and talents that we use for the glory of God and our time. It's, not, it's really not that tough. He wants you to sow in the things you believe in so he can bless and support you. And then the last thing that, that you need to know is that I believe. Paul said, God talked to me. I serve him. I belong to him. But last but not least, I believe him. He's not a man that he should lie. The son of man that he should repent. Hath he said it and shall he not make it come to pass? So this morning as you reflect over some of the storms that you're in or you've been in, or maybe you feel like you're headed towards a storm. Sometimes storms are prophesied. Wednesday, they say it's going to be 8 degrees, and, and they say it's going to snow, and they said it might snow Tuesday night, and they said it might snow Thursday. And, of course, my question is, you know, they say, who's, the, who's they? What do you mean they? What do you mean they say? Who, who's, who's they? What do they know? I mean, I know more about the weather than they do. I can tell you right now, outside it's cold, the sun's shining. And we're going to be okay. That's pretty much all that we need to know. Hello, go ahead, give the Lord a hand. God is in control, and he's already lived your tomorrow. And say, guess what? I got a feeling everything is going to be all right. Shall we pray? Thank you for this season together. Thank you for this moment together. Thank you as we, as we look at the life of one that you use in a great way. He didn't start out great. He, start, he started out as a failure, a threat to the church. He murdered innocent people. He separated families. He caused separation and, and destruction and calamity. But you look beyond all that. You look beyond his past. You look beyond his faults, and you called him. You changed his name, and you sent him on a purpose. And he wrote almost half the New Testament. He was left for dead three times. 
but what a life he lived. Today we learned the storm that he was in, that it looked like all hope, all hope. What a place to be. All hope that we would be saved was lost. What a horrific scenario. But Paul said after long abstinence, he got alone, he prayed, he found you, he heard you, he got direction from you. So do we today acknowledge that we belong to you. As servants, we serve you in our time, our talent, and our, and our, our, and our, our time. And as children, we believe that you are our Father, and what you speak over us, it will come to pass in Jesus' name. Y'all said, Amen. Thank God for this season. Give a